0: On June 10, 2018, at the Gladstone Theatre, we celebrated the stories of 10 women across all walks of life who'd experienced pregnancy, birth, or parenting. Thank you so much to all the performers who courageously and vulnerably shared themselves on the stage. We also thank Just Change Ottawa and Nick Fundidas from Royal Apache for sponsoring our initiative and the Ottawa community for their support. There are two things I want to recognize. Women's experiences are so diverse and this performance reflects only a small sample. We must continue to dialogue and celebrate all women's experiences so that we can be unified, not divided by our experiences as women. I hope that the podcast continues to reflect and tell more stories of women-identified folk so that we can honor and celebrate our complexities, our nuances, and overall general amazingness. Enjoy the Birth Talks Presents
1: Uncut. My hand was always on my belly. I was so sick. I couldn't believe it. It was finally happening. I waddled like a duck. <laughs> I was forced into my body. I felt
0: energized, and I ate plain yogurt obsessively.
1: I actually believed that I could do just the right thing number of kegels to protect and preserve my perineum <laughs> I feel very heavy and very complete. When I told some people in my life that I was pregnant, they said, congratulations, how did that happen? So, I told them, it was an accident, my wife and I forgot to use protection one (laughs) day. This is the more detailed version of the story of how my wife and I conceived a baby. Every couple trying to conceive has issues to deal with. Some of them are the same, and some of them are different. Number one, finding a partner who also wants to have a baby. I came home one night and I said to my friend Emily, I think I just met the woman I'm going to marry. But I had to figure out if she wanted kids. I was so nervous to ask because I knew if the answer was no, that my intuition was wrong and I would have to move on. But I was already falling in love and I didn't want to do that it took me about a month to get the question out. And it looks something like this. So do you want uh, some salt for your eggs? <laughs> what about kids, you want kids? I don't know right now, but you know, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Issue number two, deciding who will carry the baby. Most hetero couples don't have a long discussion about it. <laughs> This time I just asked, trying to be cool. So, do you want to carry the baby? Because if you do, and I do too, then we could both be pregnant at the same time. (laughs) What do you mean that's a dumb idea? (laughs) It would be a shared experience, we could go through it together, and you know, like, be pregnant at the same time. I know there would be a lot of hormones, and Mm. nobody could lift anything in, in the last few months. I think that's fine. What if we both got pregnant with twins? (laughs) That might be the showstopper. It turns out my wife didn't want to have a baby. She wanted to acquire a baby. And I wanted to have a baby. So it was an easy decision. Issue number three, checking how fertile you are. The fertility clinic confirmed, bless them, that our main fertility problem was that our sperm count was too low. In fact, we didn't have any. So we had to find some sperm. (laughs) Issue number four, finding a donor. I kind of hate that I couldn't just make a baby with my partner. I had to involve a third party. We both decided it would be kind of amazing if we could keep it just to our two families. When her cousin agreed to be our donor, I was thrilled. Our baby would be our own flesh and blood. Our grandmothers are his great-grandmothers. Issue number five. Actually achieving conception. There are three main ways to get the egg and sperm to go together. Number one, the natural method. In the lesbian community, this is known as the turkey baster option. Number two, IUI. You get the sperm, you wash it, you insert it into your womb, and you hope for the best, and you hope it was the right day. Number three is IVF, in vitro fertilization. You take your eggs out, inject them with sperm, see what happens, and if you get a good embryo, you put one back in. Either way, you can't control the implanting. We started with the natural method. I acquired the equipment, a mason jar and a turkey baster. As someone who doesn't generally deal in sperm, I didn't know that a turkey baster is actually way too big. You only need a little syringe. When the specimen was delivered to the door, We accepted it in, and it was just us. We made love, squirted it up there, and I expected to feel the bliss of the universe aligning with white angels and trumpets while rainbows and unicorns created a baby in my body. But what happened is that I was like, ew, ew, this is disgusting. I felt invaded. A little marching army of sperm going up my tubes and I was out of control. It was all I could do not to go to the shower. Needless to say, I was actually a little surprised when it didn't work. (laughs) The second time didn't work either. Our donor had to go back out east. So what do you do? Fly out east every month on a day's notice? Fly him back here? What are you doing on Tuesday? Or do you go to the clinic? Most lesbians order their sperm from a catalog. You can pick what you want. It's been harvested. It's been washed. It's been um, ready for postage. You can use it tomorrow. For a known donor, there's only one clinic in all of Ontario that will deal with a known donor. So we had to send him to Toronto for 10 days. They take that stuff, they test it, they wash it, they prepare it. And then, oh, by the way, they quarantined it for six months. So, we went hiking. (laughs) (laughs) The first time I went down for the IUI, I was so emotional. It took seven hours to get to the clinic. You arrive, you sit down, they take your blood, they look at your uterus and your ovaries, they tell you whether you can come in to get pregnant or go home and come back tomorrow. They called me in. I tried to relax. Relax. How many people here feel relaxed in stirrups? And I don't mean the kind on the horse. I mean the kind with the giant spotlight in between. They showed me the vial of sperm, and I felt very reassured to see my donor number on it in a Sharpie. I had the nurse beside me. The student in the corner, the other nurse by the door, the doctor between my legs, and my wife on the phone. Relax. (laughs) They streamed out one by one when it was done. The student, the nurse, the doctor, the other nurse. She hit the lights and put on the the music. Just take 20 minutes. Could we not have started the spa 10 minutes ago? (laughs) I think your spotlight would have illuminated the way to my cervix. (laughs) The two-week wait began, at the end of the two weeks I had a good feeling, but when I actually got the vertical line on the test, I was thrilled. We tried to contain the news, you're not supposed to tell people for three months, but everyone knows you went to Toronto to try to get pregnant. So within 24 hours, our entire family, friends, contacts, and everyone else supporting us was aware we had a positive pregnancy test. (laughs) When I went to meditate that weekend, I focused in on the little light inside me, the other little light beside it, and I felt so complete. And as I looked at the little spark, it snuffed out. And I thought, okay, it doesn't take long to become a crazy pregnant woman. (laughs) But when the test came back on Tuesday, I wasn't pregnant anymore. I cried for days. I felt so empty, and that was only after two days of thinking I was pregnant. The next four times didn't work either. So when my, spot came, my name came up for an, a spot in the IVF program, I took it. Now for IVF, you have to take shots. But before you take shots, you have to take the pill for a month. As a lesbian, I had never taken the pills. one of the minimal few perks we have in a same-sex supplement. So it was confusing to me that I had to take the pill to get pregnant. <laughs> but I gave myself the shots for nine days in my belly, and then you take another shot on the 10th day to ripen you up for the surgery. So that morning when I got up feeling very right, I went down to the Toronto waterfront to go for a jog as one does before surgery, but my boobs had swelled to the size of watermelons. So I ran, holding them, not caring who was looking. Okay, they maybe weren't watermelons, maybe lemons, but for me, it's was large. So my eggs were extracted by a big needle, and by the time I could walk again, we found out that we had five eggs extracted, four of them were mature and three of them fertilized, and we had three little embryos that were developing nicely. We put one of them inside me. I welcomed that little set of cells with my whole heart. And I have to tell you, I felt like, I don't know how to explain it, every human emotion wrapped into a ball for about three seconds. (laughs) And then it passed, and the two-week wait began again. I was so sure it didn't work that I didn't even spend the 20 bucks on the pregnancy test. But when the blood test came back more than positive, It was hard to believe, and I expected to see blood every day for several months after when I went to the bathroom. But at that point, you start another two-week wait. The two-week waits are the last challenge for every couple. They take longer than two weeks. (laughs) Those of us who are project managers, we like to have results sooner than two weeks. But after the second two-week wait, you go for an ultrasound to see if this was all a big joke or if there's actually an embryo in there growing. I climbed up on the table and dutifully put my legs in the stirrups. I only need your belly. <laughs> the dignity! Oh my goodness. <laughs> I saw my fuzzy gray uterus up on the screen and then everything went black. Nothing? but My peripheral vision had this curly haired outline Honey, get out the way! <laughs> she leaned back, tears streaming. There was a little jelly bean with a heartbeat. And this baby is so wanted and so loved, and we are so happy to be gifted the opportunity to be moms.
0: I was 36 years old when I got pregnant with my first child. At the time, I was living and working in the Congo Basin in Central Africa, where my partner is from. When I went for my first ultrasound during a visit home to Ottawa, when I was about six weeks pregnant, I knew then and there with certainty that I was going to have a girl. I even turned to my mom and my friend who were with me in the car on the way home from the clinic and I said out of the blue, It's going to be a girl, and her name is Kaya. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but the name Kaya actually means Earth Goddess, or Mother Earth in Greek mythology, which is very fitting for me because I love nature. Also, in some Aboriginal languages, the name Kaya means wise child, which is also very fitting because my partner's name is Wise. I had a great obstetrician in Cameroon, Dr. Mbudu. Although, unfortunately, his great reputation combined with the Cameroonian health system meant that I usually had to wait up to seven hours every time I had a checkup. Wise and I would spend those hours every month sitting in these, like, uncomfortable chairs and sweating profusely, surrounded by blank walls and dozens of other pregnant women. I'd always show up with a very long list of questions written out in the back of my trusty book, imported from Canada. What to expect when you're expecting. (laughs) Now, in the early days, Dr. Mbudu would always smile encouragingly when I brought out my list of questions, but over the months, it turned into more of a (laughs) bit of a grimace. Mm -hmm. You see, asking detailed questions of medical personnel and referring to pregnancy books is not really normal practice in Cameroon. We came back to Ottawa when I was about seven months pregnant with two bags each and zero baby-related stuff. But within a few weeks, our home was filled with mountains of stuff. (laughs) Baby clothes. Baby toys. Baby gear. Blankets. Diapers. slings, Carriers. Strollers. A lot of things, I had no idea what they were. (laughs) We felt the love and the support of our community very quickly. We were so lucky. Soon, our lives were also filled up with appointments. First, my family doctor, then an obstetrician, then a tropical medicine specialist. It seemed like the pregnancy that had been so low-key in Cameroon had all of a sudden become potentially high-risk simply because I had decided to spend most of my pregnancy in a developing country. But, after a lot of tests and scans confirmed that all was well, things relaxed and I was able to move forward with my vision of being supported by midwives. Now, at the time, there was a new birth centre slated to open in Ottawa, right around the time of my d date, Accessible only to midwives and their clients, a home-like environment, which was fairly key for us because we were house-sitting at the time. It could have been a little complicated to negotiate a home birth with the owner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the opening was continually delayed. We would have to wait and see. So, when Wise and I were approached by the Ontario Association of Midwives to see if we'd be interested in doing a photo shoot, in the birth center, we quickly agreed, knowing it was our only way to get in and see the space. Now, I hadn't quite imagined modeling in my underwear at nine months pregnant, like in a birthing sling, hanging off the ceiling, but it was actually it was actually really fun. And it was good practice, because a few days later, my water broke, Saturday morning. I was paying for my groceries at Loblaws,
1: very cliche.
0: But actually, the rest of my labouring experience was far from typical. Off we we went to the midwives. Who confirmed that indeed my water had broken, and I was three centimetres dilated. Wise and I went home that night feeling excited and nervous and... Pretty sure that things were going to get going that night. But we woke up on Sunday morning to the same situation. Trickling amniotic fluid, but no contractions. So, back we went to the midwives. Blood pressure check. Monitoring of the baby's heartbeat. A physical exam. All was well. Baby was good. Just very cosy. So more waiting. The next few days were a blur of appointments, and decisions, and a lot of attempts to get the labour going. So I started off with the typical things, eating a lot of spicy food and going for long, long walks. Then I started to experiment. Homeopathy, rubbing very large amounts of castor oil on my belly. Eating entire pineapples in one sitting. <laughs> Enjoying dark chocolate and hot pepper gelato from Stella Luna. And that stuff is delicious. And let's not forget the stretch and sweets. Oh. <laughs> the stretch and sweets. Yeah. When none of those things seemed to be working, I decided to look for some new ideas. Oh, so some women in the Middle East eat be- 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 dates, I guess contraction's going. Off I would go to get a few buckets of dates. <laughs> okay, so in the Caribbean, some women eat okra. Interesting. I mean it makes sense. It's really slimy, so it should get moving down there, right? <laughs> so finally. My contractions started to intensify and take on a rhythm on Tuesday afternoon. A few hours before I was meant to go to the hospital to be induced. It seems my body works well to deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> it was midwinter. It was snowing outside, and we had a fire going. I moved around the living room using the furniture to try out different positions with my contractions. Up. Uh, Down, over, around, breeze, breeze. The day turned to night, and the rhythm continued. At one point. I got really annoyed with Wise because he kept going off to write lyrics to a new song. (laughs) So he is a musician, but I was like, seriously, can you just stop being an artist while I'm like having our baby? (laughs) But little did I know, he was actually writing a song for our daughter in real time about her birth.
1: What an amazing
0: gift. The midwives came over at around 7 a.m. They did a physical exam and they told me that I was three centimetres dilated. (laughs) What? I really couldn't believe it. After all of the hard work that my body had been doing for five days and I was still only three centimetres dilated. More waiting. Finally around noon, the midwives gave us the go ahead to move to the birth centre if we wanted to. I decided I wanted to labour, continue labouring in the water, because I'd heard from someone who could help to ease the pain of the contractions. And a birthing tub seemed a lot more enticing to me than the dirty old bathtub upstairs. So off we went. Now, ironically, after five days of trying everything to get my labor going, I went through my transition in my parents' car on the 20-minute drive to the birthing. <laughs> I was in the back seat, kneeling on the floor, facing the rear, Desperately, desperately trying to practice the breathing techniques that have pra- I had been I had learned. Brahmari's breath. Oh. Vowel breathing. A E I O U. Join me if you know. <laughs> Horse lips. We got to the bird center. I got straight into the tub. I felt at home in the water. It was the only place I wanted to be. And 45 minutes later at 1.07 PM, Kaya was born after four big pushes. I looked down into the water at her looking at me And I just thought, wow, this perfect tiny little human being. I scooped her up and brought her in my arms, the first baby born at the Ottawa Birth Centre. After all of the waiting, our little wise child had arrived.